Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. We should make that a real song. <laughs> you threw me off with the beatbox, and I was like, yeah. oh, we're still going. Yeah, oh, we're, we're definitely still going. How's it going, everybody? Oh, sorry. How are you doing today, everybody? My name is Jimmy Wong, and you're listening to the Command Zone Podcast. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Well, if you couldn't tell, we have a theme for today's episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you saw the Game Nights episode, you would understand what the theme is as well. You probably saw it by now. If you've seen Super Troopers, you also know what the theme is by you now. You saw, um, what's the Mike Myers movie? Uh... Was it Goldmember? Which one's which? Which Austin Powers is it? Oh, oh, oh it's, it is Austin Powers. Wait, yeah. Austin, Goldmember is a different movie. Wait, no, no, no. Go- which one Spar- of them? I know it's in one of the. I think Austin it's Powers. the first one. Oh, okay. I think it's the first. It's just one. Austin Powers. Yeah, Austin Powers. Okay, gotcha. Um, For a second, I was like Austin Powers. No, 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 you mean the movie Mike Myers? I'm like, no, that they're interchangeable. <laughs> um, so you yes, mixed with Baby Driver and the Mike Myers. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. I was very confused when I first heard about Mike Myers, the the killer. Yeah, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, today we are going back and continuing our review of all of the Commander 2017 decks, and of course, we are dealing with Arabo, the kitty, today, uh, considering we just meowed a thousand times at you. Yep, we're going to do the same thing we've done for all the decks. We're going to do a quick breakdown. This is not like a full retune or fully tuned version of the deck. This is if you pick up the pre-con and you just want to make some quick upgrades, maybe a dozen or so cards. Yeah. We're going to talk about what cards you should add in, what cards you maybe should take out, um, and if you want to get this deck for yourself, which you do, or any of these C17 decks, well, remember that, C17. Because if you go to cardkingdom.com slash C17, that's where you need to order them. Because uh-huh. you'll be supporting this show, you'll be supporting game nights, you'll be helping to make all this content possible, and you'll be doing the thing you really want to do, which is get magic cards. Yeah, also you don't need to leave your house to do so. It just comes to you at a lightning fast pace. Now, Our- you know, despite... Uh, evidence to the contrary these decks are not out yet mm-hmm. so you can pre-order them right now and like jimmy said they will appear at your doorstep almost magically almost as soon as they're out 
because yeah. that's that's how car, card kingdom rolls yeah the other sponsor for the show is ultra pro and ultra pro is another company obviously you can buy sweet products from when you go to card kingdom.com slash c17 or just whenever you're in an lgs or you're shopping around you're looking for a new play mat a new sleeve the or any online re retailer really yeah actually yeah. ultra pro is great uh, it's awesome having them as a sponsor as well because i run into their products every day without even thinking about magic i'll come across an ultra pro like oh look at these card sleeves like ultra pro excellent it's really upped our like game as far as our playmat game, our mm -hmm. deck box game, our sleeve game. So I like that. Our dice game. Oh, our dice game is good now. Oh, our dice game is great. Yours was always pretty good. Mine hasn't been, but now it's up to it's up to snuff. Yeah. Thanks, Ultra Pro. And the final way to support the show is directly by going to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. So lucky. And this episode is dedicated to Henry, Henry Ayala. Ayala. Henry. You rock. We should have done the Nala today because his last name kind of rhymes with it. That's true. But instead, we have Arabo, which Sorry, is... Sorry, Henry. Starts with the same letter A, though. So We've, We failed you with the rhyming thing. Yeah. All right, so let's get right into it. We are talking about a quick and easy upgrade to the pre-con. We're not overhauling it completely because if we did, we would probably just keep the Commander and Soul Ring and like maybe a couple of the cards in there. There's, I mean, I'd say there's a lot of the sort of cat tribal stuff you would keep. Yeah. Um, but because I mean, cat tribal is not super deep. But obviously, we change a lot, and uh, it got much deeper thanks to this set. Actually, there are a couple of cards we'll talk about today that are like the cat equivalent of other very famous and very good cards in Commander, which is kind of funny. And we're also going to do our normal thing, which is go over the deck, the pre-con, just so you can take a look at the statistics, and that gives us a lot of information when we play the deck for the first time, just how it's going to play, the things you need to think about. Well, not to mention, we actually played these decks on game nights. Oh, I yeah, played a really them, good point. and my goodness, it was a lot of fun, but I ran into a few things that we will talk about on this episode, and we'll go into, yeah. So this, the point of this, these episodes, again, if you're a new player, if you're someone that just bought these decks that wants to get a little more competitive with their scene but doesn't have, you know, hundreds of dollars to shell out for a fully tuned deck, this is a great way to get started without uh, completely overwhelming yourself at the same time. Yeah, really good point. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about the cat deck. We're going to start with the new legendary cards in the deck. Surprisingly, they're all cats. They're all cats. Uh, I'll go. Sure. First, we have Miri, Weatherlight Duelist. Miri's back. Miri is one, a green, and a white, so three mana total for a 3-2 legendary creature, Cat Warrior. Miri has first strike and says whenever Miri attacks, each opponent can't block with more than one creature this turn. That's, That's really, really interesting, interesting because it, yeah. it doesn't say only Miri can attack. So you can attack with 10 things, and Miri's one of them. They can only block with one thing. Mm -hmm. Seems good. Also says, as long as Miri is tapped, no more than one creature can attack you each combat. That's, That's pretty good because cool. you don't have to worry about crackback so much. So much, right? It's like a weaker propaganda-esque effect. You better hope that one creature is not one with Annihilator. True. But it's kind of crawl space-ish or whatever. I mean, you can still block. You don't have to attack with everything. You could leave something back to block. Yeah. I mean, Annihilator, that won't help you. But <laughs> I mean, the cool thing is that it incentivizes you to tap her or to attack with her. Yeah. And the fact that they can only block with one creature means that, one, if they do decide to block Mary, her being first strike and with some equipment is going to destroy that creature most likely. It's, she's going to be really hard to block. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Th this card seems like there's probably some really good ways... This is probably a very powerful card. Uh, yeah. Miri has now been uh, in three different colors. She was once black in Miri the Curse, but they've all had first strike. So that's her one. Her yeah. colors change, but she's always very fast. Yes. Gotcha. For some reason, she was also a flyer when she became a vampire cat. Um, not well, sure how that works. Vampires fly, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so that's one of our options. 
for the commander of the deck. The other option is the one at the very front of the deck. It's Arabo, Arabo, Arahabo, Roar of the Wild, three, a green and a white for a 5-5 legendary creature cat avatar. It's got Eminence. We've talked about this in other episodes. Eminence is an ability that allows your creature to affect the game from inside the command zone or on the battlefield. If you guys played uh, with Deserts recently in the last set, they also work in a similar way because they work in the graveyard or on the battlefield. So Aloro's the big comparison we yeah, use a lot. Aloro yeah. as well, yeah. So Eminence, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if Arabo Roar of the Wild is in the command zone or on the battlefield, another target cat creature you control gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. Pretty cool. It gives it a giant growth at sorcery speed. Actually, not sorcery speed. Technically, it's instant speed, but it's always at the beginning of combat right. um, on your turn. And then if Arabo's in play, whenever another cat you control attacks, you may pay a 1, a green, and a white. If you do, it gains trample and gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is its power. So these actually work together yeah, in tandem. Yeah, you can stack them, right? So if Arabo's on the battlefield, you're going to have access to both sides of their his ability. And if a cat, you go into combat, you give a cat plus three, plus three, and then that cat is going to attack, and then you can pay more to pump that up to get plus X, plus X. Minimum, it's going to be at least another plus three, plus three. So right. If it was somehow a zero, three cat, it would be a three, six, and then it would yeah, it would have six power. Although most of the time, you're going to be way above that, right? Yeah. Especially with equipment and whatnot. Um, Eminence, very powerful. This is an aggressive one. I... W I mean, we saw this in Game Nights. If you haven't watched Game Nights, we're going to refer to it a little without spoiling the ending or anything. Um, but we did see that, wow, you can swing for a lot really early. Very early. Uh, the only problem is that players start with 40 life. Yeah. So So the plus three doesn't scale super well because it just stays yeah. as three damage no matter what happens. So And combat towards one person is only going to make one real enemy out of you and usually leave you pretty open. So Arabo was really good, though. I never actually ended up using the second part of this ability in the game, even though I felt like I should have a couple of times. I just would rather have developed out my board, and that's something we'll talk about as well in this The episode. fact that they know which one you've given it to, although it is trample, it does give trample, so that part's good, but it makes it sort of less good. You can't give it to the creature that doesn't get blocked or mm -hmm. things like that. I mean, it's sort of a Xenagosi at that point. Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. I, I think the card's good. It's probably the least powerful eminence ability of the three, I think. Yeah. Or sorry, of the four, counting Ur-Dragon, uh, Edgar, and Inala. Um, but just having any em eminence ability, I think, is good. Like, right, right, we talked about this. It's an enchantment that starts in your command zone, basically. can't be, you can't get rid of it. It's just right. an effect you get for nothing. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's move on to another legendary creature oh, yeah. in the deck. It's Balin, Wandering Knight. This one you can't actually run as the lead singer of this deck straight out of the box because you'd have to be mono white, and so I don't know what you would do. You'd have to completely overhaul the deck. But it's interesting that this is a legendary creature in the deck that you could build a deck around. Balin is two white white for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature. Cat Knight has first strike. Balin has double strike as long as two or more equipment are attached to it. And you can pay one in a white and attach all equipment you control to Balin. That's actually really cool. I mean, you can do that at instant speed, and it doesn't care where the equipment you control are. So you can swing with a few creatures, and the other creatures have the equipment. Yeah. And then they don't block Balin, and you put it all onto Balin. Now has double strike and you trample, know, lifelink. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, vigilance. untap all your lands, make people discard cards, yeah. do two damage to stuff. Oh, right, the swords. That kind of stuff. I mean, the swords aren't in the stack, sorry. Here's the thing. You have to always block, block, block Balin. Depending. I mean, you could see what's out there. Yeah. So think if you have something 
that lets you play equipment at instant speed, like Sigarda's aid, now all of a sudden, I mean, that's terrifying because you could play anything and then use Balan's ability to suddenly equip it. Yeah. So if you ever have Sigarda's aid and you attack with Balan, they're literally like, I don't know, anything could happen, like any yeah. kind of equipment. Uh, it's It does seem good. Um, it's There's been a lot of equipment commanders, though, and I don't know that it's like so much better than all the rest that it's like all of a sudden a game changer. I still think SRAM's probably better. I do actually think SRAM is better just because you know you can draw cards with it. If you're going to play Mono White and you don't have that kind of guarantee, there you play SRAM in the deck and you just hope you draw him, but that's not what I like to do. I just don't like to fold to one Vandal Blast or something like right. that, right? Which I feel like Balan's still going to do, whereas SRAM gets around it by having enough this card draw. Tired deck folds to, yeah. to that and Vandal Blast. <laughs> All right, so there is one more legendary creature left, and it, and and... And he comes with his own equipment, which yeah. is also legendary. So we'll probably have to read that just because you want to get the full picture. So. This is Nazan, Revered Bladesmith. For four, a green and a white, you could also cast Sigarda. Just kidding. This is a 5-4 legendary creature cat artificer. When Nazan, Revered Bladesmith, enters the battlefield, search your library for an equipment card and reveal it. If you reveal a card named Hammer of Nazan this way, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put that card into your hand, then shuffle your library. So his first ability allows you to tutor any equipment. And then the second ability on him is whenever an equipped creature you control attacks, you may tap target creature defending player controls. So not as relevant because to really have that be effective, you have to have multiple creatures being equipped with different things. And that's just so much mana that I don't think you, that's ever going to happen. Most equipment decks are not going wide, although this one does kind of out of the box have like a – it's straddling both worlds a little bit. Yeah. Which is not necessarily good. Um, let me read Hammer of Nizan because if you do get Hammer of Nizan with Nizan – you actually get to put this on the battlefield. Yeah, so it's a four-mana spell, too. So yeah, so you kind of get four-mana for free. So Hammer of Nizan is four-mana for an artifact, legendary artifact equipment. Whenever Hammer of Nizan or another equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach that equipment to target creature you control. So you skip equip costs. And then equip creature gets plus two, plus oh, and has indestructible. It does have an equip cost of four. So, you know, if the creature it's on dies and you need to put on something else, all of a sudden it's kind of expensive at that point. It's kind of cool, though. It's an enchantment on an artifact equipment, right? Because it's like whenever yeah. this or another equipment enters, you can just equip it. To any of your creatures, too. It doesn't have to be the Nizan or whatever the yeah. hammer is equipped to. It's interesting because Nizan guarantees that you'll get the hammer of Nizan when you play. And that ability to be able to equip automatically is probably one of the best things you can do in the equipment-based deck. So It's cheating a mana cost. I mean, we always talk about it, right? You yeah. wouldn't think of it that way, but the equip cost is sort of factored in when you're balancing the power level of an equipment. So all of a sudden, if you build a hammer of, if you build a Zon deck, you can put in stuff you wouldn't normally put in with really tough equip costs because you're guaranteed going to get the hammer of Nizan. Yeah. Um, I actually would have played... I think preferably Nizan as the leader because of the card advantage you get. You get a free card, and then the, the enchantment part of this ability is sweet. Yeah, and making something indestructible is really good. Yeah, exactly. Especially, Especially if you're spending in, that much mana to yeah. equip it onto it, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, so this card is interesting, and I think what it allows you to do is sort of build around something that's not the commander, right? You can yeah. build around the legendary hammer because you know you're going to get it. Now, of course, it can still be destroyed, and you can be in a world of hurt, so you need ways to get it back. Um, so, so that's interesting. Having played the deck, you would lean toward Nizan as the commander, you think? Yeah, I mean, like, you get to start with nine cards in your hand now instead of eight. Yeah. And you get to cheat a lot of mana costs early, which is pretty good, especially if you can ramp out Nizan. So I think Nizan basically is better than Arabo because... Straight out of the box. Straight out of the box. Because I don't want to be... I mean, like, look, the combat from Arabo is great and all that, but it's it's at odds. His second ability is at odds with equip costs 
that are all throughout this deck in terms of equipment. You could look at it this way, which is that Arbo gives plus three, plus three to something. Nizan gives plus two, plus O, oh, and indestructible through his hammer to something. So yeah. and, then and other equipment coming in. So yeah. like, think of the manual save over time. In fact, one after seeing this card and playing the game in game nights, I wish I had drawn that card earlier, either Nizan or his hammer, because that would have made my plays so much better. Yeah. Because there's so many times I was like, I'll oh, just equip, equip here and pass turn, I guess. Or like, or I'll play an equipment and then think about like, dang, do I have enough to place and equip at the same turn? Maybe it's not worth it to play it. So knowing that that cost is gone is really important. All right. Oh, Ooh. our uh, our favorite section. <laughs> Stats. So let's break down the statistics of this deck. The first thing I want to look at is, of course, card draw. And there's only three to four cards in this deck that really are going to draw you cards. And that's if you're counting Dreamstone, Hedron, and Hedron Archive, which are ramp cards that you I sacrifice as, to draw. Yeah, I'd count those only as like half a card draw spell each, yeah. right? They're so not it's even closer a to like three and a half in terms of actual And one of them we know cards. is Harmonize. Yep. Which is like an okay card draw spell, but it's not like recursive. It's harmonizing Soul's Majesty. Now right. there are a couple of card value cards in here, like when a cre equipped creature dies, flip cards until you reveal X. Or we do not count those as card draw, even though they're card advantage. Yeah, we've we did an entire episode about the differences between card draw and card advantage. But you really want card draw to even out your deck for mm -hmm. the times when you don't draw mana and you need to hit your land drops on time, and just to give you enough options. Like I yeah. need to find removal. Well, a lot of those other effects don't find you removal. Yeah, and if Hedron Archive is one of your main card draw spells and you're not hitting lands, well, you're not playing Hedron Archive anytime soon either. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. However, there are nine total dedicated ramp cards, and that includes, again, Dreamstone Hedron and the Hedron Archive, but also they have a Cultivate in here. Uh, there is a new Traverse the uh, Outlands. Outlands, which is, we talked about this in our Commander Overview, one of, one of the sweetest ramp cards I've ever seen. That is good with Arbo, I'll say. Yeah, exactly. It's a two-color deck. Um, there were six instances of targeted removal. They were very specific, though. A, lot, a couple of them actually have enchantment and artifact on them as opposed to creature. So I would think you would think, oh, they have a lot of board wipes. Nope, there are only two board wipes in this deck. Hmm. So in terms of targeted removal, you're actually lacking a lot in trying to get rid of creatures. You can kill artifacts and enchantments very easily with this deck, as Green White should be able to, but you cannot do anything <laughs> else really outside of that. A little of the targeted removal is like kill target creature with flying too, stuff yeah. like that. So it won't just reach out and kill anything. It's kind of conditional. Yeah, there's no path. There's none of those There's cards. a swords. Yeah. Oh, no, that's in the vampire deck. Yeah. It? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, there are 24 cats. How long do I have to keep going? That's it. That's the rest of the episode. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. All right. And the <laughs> so 24 cats. There's a lot of cat matters cards in here. That's actually uh, less cats than I would think. Yeah. I, I counted through them because there are also 14 equipment cards. Because we saw in the um, Wizards deck there was 30 Wizards. And spoiler alert. Hold on. Let me look at my notes. The uh, Dragon deck has 29 Dragons. So I haven't we haven't broken down the Vampire deck yet, but... I think that's going to be the least amount of any of the tribal type. It is, and I think it's because they have a ton of equipment. So it's like the equipment theme is actually pretty strong in this deck. It's almost a little too strong, in my opinion, because uh, it's just a hard strategy to play in Commander. But yeah, there's 14 equipment cards and six creatures that care about equipment, whether it's an, a, equipped, whether it's equipped while it attacks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then there are four creatures that care specifically about attacking. So this deck, I think, has a very specific goal, which is ramp, ramp, ramp. Don't draw many cards. Don't use many board wipes, but play cats and equipment and then swing. Pretty straightforward. Doesn't seem like you're super impressed with it. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the big part of the deck is they want to make it hard for your opponents to block. And if this is a one-on-one -on -one deck, that certainly would be the case. 
And there are a decent number of ways to be evasive with the deck, whether or not you're using trample or you have, you know, just ways to get around creatures or just have people not block because it's just not going to be a good block for them. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of potential to gain life in the deck because there's a couple equipments in here that have lifelink and stuff. So I guess that's sort of the battle against not dying quickly. Hmm. Where are we here? Are we Rampant at? card draw. Oh, okay. Rampant card draw. Rampant growth. No, ramp and card draw. So the ramp looks good. Uh, yeah, nine is a good amount. Yeah, nine's a great amount, actually. But there weren't that many mana rocks, which kind of makes me a little concerned, too, uh, because mana rocks fit very well into a deck like this because you don't care about the color of mana you need to use to pay equip costs. So you could put the bigger ones, like Thrawn Dynamos and stuff in? Yeah, because yeah. you're going to actually be using, and you're not going to And your two-color your deck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the card draw is really low, especially for a white-green Voltron-y deck. You need to draw as many cards as possible in this deck. And there's no repeated card draw. There's nothing that really gets you there in terms of, hey, just like, would you like to draw some cards? And the answer to that question is always yes. Always yes. Yeah. But it has Souls, Majesty, and Harmonize, which are good card draw cards in green. Don't get me wrong. They're just not sort of where you want to be for a deck like this. Well, they definitely, you don't want those to be like your main ones. It's not like Harmonize is bad, but yeah. you can't reuse it. It's not going to give you a ton of card advantage. It's a good like little infusion, but it'd be nice to have some ways that you can just repeatedly. And it's definitely the main ones in this deck too. So, eh, meh, womp womp. All right, board wipes and targeted removal. Two board wipes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know people like to think like I'm a deck that's going to leverage my board position to win. Therefore, I don't want board wipes. But we've just seen over and again that there are so many situations you get into in Commander where board wipes the only way that you have a chance in the game. It doesn't matter what type of deck you are. You know, somebody else is in the lead at some point by such a large margin, or two of your opponents are, that a board wipe, no matter what kind, you could be a token deck and you're still yeah. wishing for a board wipe. So I just always hate to see less than, like, three or four. Not to mention, like, Route is one of the board wipes, and it's just not that good. It's you know, it's okay. I, at least you can instant speed it if you want to. Yeah, I yeah. would just much rather have Wrath of God that I can use on four. Yeah. So, so you can do something after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if you're playing the later turn. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, let's look at the best cards that come in the deck. Um, one of them is a card that I think is just awesome. However, it is super limited because it is only a cat-based thing. It's Kasali Slingers. Don't well, it's want, good in this deck since Don't want to know cats. what they're slinging up in the trees. Four and a green for a 3-5 cat warrior with reach. They're reaching out with those kitty claws. Whenever Kasali Slingers or another cat enters the battlefield under your control, you may destroy target artifact or, or enchantment. It's so Aura you Shards. You cats. Aura Shards for cats, yeah. And Aura Shards is such an oppressively good card. Yeah, it's a fancy feast up in here, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I got that from VGHS, actually. Uh, yeah, that seems like a good card in this deck. 24 cats is not as many as I'd like. I think you would want to push the amount of cats yeah, if just in general, like especially, yeah. It's cool, though, because it does count itself. So for five mana, you get to destroy target artifact or enchantment. And, and if you, you have get a 3-5 with reach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it didn't do that, it would be slightly worse, and I would just be like, just play Aura Shards. What are you doing? You're, you can play creatures. But you can play both Aura Shards and that. Yeah, exactly. With Aura Shards out, that destroys two artifacts and enchantments. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty good. Here's the thing, though. I've also realized that you only need to like blow up three or four to really make the, the impact you need to. Well, it At changes the way point, people play. They won't play the important stuff, so it sort of it cramps them in the way that like it slows them down. They're not willing to sort of just play it out so you kill it for free. And that's another thing. Even if you don't have a cat in your hand, you play Quasali Slingers. They don't know if you don't have a cat in your hand, so they yeah. have to hold back that card. So it's interesting. I think that card is really good just because that effect is really good. Yeah. Um, 
Forest Charge is just one of those cards. Every time it hits the table, like you're just like, oh crap, like this. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Uh, this is another one you have marked as one of the best cards in the deck. I think this is one of the best new cards in the entire Commander 2017 set. It's really cool. It's Traverse the Outlands. We mentioned it earlier. It's four and a green for a sorcery. Search your library for up to X basic land cards, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Put those cards onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle your library. We talked about this in the first look episode of when we overviewed the entire set. And, I mean, we'll play Explosive Vegetation. I played Explosive Vegetation in a, whole, in a lot of decks. This is one mana more, and I can't imagine that it's usually going to find you less than, like, four or five lands. So that is <laughs> incredible to me. The yeah. only downside is it's basic land, so in some higher, color, you know, four- and five-color decks, maybe you don't have enough basics, but... Boy, what a downside. Oh, no. I have to get all the basics that are left in my deck. That's too bad. I can yeah. only get six instead of eight And there, it's ramp, too. It's not yeah. like oh, yeah. a tax uh, whatever. Yeah, it's not like land, land tax, tax or yeah. whatever. Yeah, these go on the battlefield tapped. Like, yeah, this card is incredibly good. I think this is going to be one of the cards that sort of makes it out of this set into the most amount of decks total. Yeah. yeah. I'm putting it in a few decks for sure. For sure. Definitely yeah. two-color decks. Uh, Three-color is a little tough. Uh, of course, one of the best cards, and or I'm just going to split between two equipments because they're both equally good. Um, it's an equipment deck, Sword of the Animist. Just a card that I think every single two-color and below deck should have if you're creature-based. It's two mana for a legendary artifact equipment, and then it gets plus one, plus one to equip for two. And whenever a equipped creature attacks, you may search your library for a basic land card. Put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. So you just rampant growth every time you attack. Yeah, and it's what this deck wants to do, which is equip evasive creatures. And so having this on top of everything else, of a trample, lifelink, whatever, hasty creature with hexproof, you get a land. It's pretty good. Pretty good. That card, yeah, that should see more play. You're right, especially in like decks without green. I mean, still yeah. good in decks with green. But uh, another one you have pegged as best cards is. Well, if this deck is, or if this card is ever in a deck, it's one of the best cards in the deck because yeah. it's one of the best cards ever printed. Ever it's printed. Skull Clamp, one mana, artifact equipment, costs one to equip. Target of cre- or equipped creature gets plus one, negative one, and then whenever equipped creature dies, you draw two cards. So you can equip it to one ones, and yeah. they immediately die. You draw two cards. So this often says, you know, pay one, draw two. Uh, it also just works on creatures that aren't one ones, so that if they die, you'll get two cards out of it. Yeah, and there's not much card draw on the deck, so this is and one of the so ways you can draw to cards. Equip. Just one. Does this make it five card draw spells then, or is that uh... nah? This isn't. This is so situational. If there are a lot of X ones in the deck, I would definitely count it. But this deck has a lot of butts, so this is more just disincentivizing people from removing your creatures, which is again what you want to do in a deck like this: is keep your few creatures very much alive. Yeah, it just doesn't count as card draw unless you're making one ones or something. And yeah. this, this deck's not really doing that. Nope. Okay. But this deck is giving us some cool new cards. Yeah, let's talk about some of the new Commander 2017 cards that come in the deck. This one's kind of exciting. Alms Collector. It's three and a white for a 3-4 Cat Cleric with Flash. If an opponent would draw two or more cards, instead you and that player each draw a card. So let's say someone goes, I'm going to brainstorm. <laughs> True. <laughs> you can flash this guy in, and, and they then they draw. brainstorm for one card off the top, and then you, and you, get, a card. And you get a draw card too. Plus it stays out, so it's not yeah. like just for that one time. And then the opponent has to put two cards back on top. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say someone has a Consecrated Sphinx out, then you're drawing along with them. However, you could actually draw each other out if you wanted to, because every time you draw another card, they, they get a draw. Tra- draws two, yeah, in so which case you, you get to draw, draw one, one, and then they get to draw two. So you both get to draw cards with each other for as long as you want. That's interesting. 
It works really good against just like um, actually they get to choose because this is not a May ability, but Consecrated Sphinx is. So right. They get to choose. So if your deck's smaller than the Consecrated Sphinx they player, can draw you out. they can draw you out. So don't do that. Well, I mean they're not. They they'll almost draw themselves out because they're only drawing one still. Yeah. They don't get to draw two, so they probably won't. They'll probably stop at a reasonable time. I don't know. Then there's cards like Sphinx's Revelation, so they just oh my god tap out just... ten mana and you go no you can have one and I'll have one. <laughs> This is brutal. Yeah, it's not like drawing 10, you split it in half. It's No, it goes all the way back down to one. This is something they've brought out recently for white, which is sort of trying to stop other people from drawing cards. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth, I think, kind of did a similar thing. So it's an interesting thing they're, they're, they're trying. I would rather they just added more card draw to white, but it is what it is. I think that, card's, I think that card's okay. It's going to get some people sometimes. Even uh, if it doesn't get some people, it can just kind of sit there and cause and effect, right? I'll wreak a little bit of havoc for people that are like, oh, man, I would play my Harmonize, but that, yeah. that thing's stopping it. Imagine if there was a freaking Howling Mine out. you draw tons of cards with Alms Collector. Yeah, I guess so. Every turn. Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. You're, you know what? I'm wrong. It doesn't because they have to draw two cards at that moment. If yeah, they so would like, draw two or more cards, yeah. So it's not like it wouldn't work with Rhystic Study. Right. Because Rhystic Study, you draw a card, and then you draw a card, and then you draw a card. You don't ever draw two cards. But it, Font of Mythos, say. Right. There we go. There, that would work. There you go. Um, new cards, everybody. We're not judges, so we may get some rulings wrong or some stuff I'm wrong. Never, so I never make a mistake. Take it easy. Uh, another new card, speaking of which, is uh, Stalking Leonin. It's two and a white for a 3-3 three, three cat archer. When Stalking Leonin enters the battlefield, secretly choose an opponent. So this is like conspiracy where... Um, you would write down like the name of a card. So when you play Stalking Leonin, you like somehow, you know, what we would usually do is just on a piece of paper or write somebody's name and then put it face down. So you name an opponent and then reveal the player you cho you chose. This is at instant speed, and then it says exile target creature that's attacking you. If it's controlled by the chosen player, you can activate this ability only once. So. You know, I play Stalking Leon on the table. I secretly write down Jimmy's name, and I wait patiently until Jimmy attacks me with something, and then I can flip it up and go, ha-ha, you were the player that I secretly chose. You would do that to me. I am going to exile that creature that's attacking you, but it's like a one-use thing. Now I've used it. It's gone. Yeah. But if you can blink Stalking Leonin, you could reset it because it's an enter-the-battlefield effect. Yeah. So this could be good with, you know, some blinkiness. Like, so maybe it's good in Rune, Brago, you know. It's good with Deadeye. Everything's good with Deadeye. Yeah, I like the ability to flicker it immediately and then choose someone new. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that actually, Deadeye, you could just gun down, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you could do it during the declare blockers phase and just reveal it to you, blink it, comes back in, write down the next name, reveal it. Yeah. I do it again so. and again. I think so. Yeah, because that's what makes Deadeye so broken is it doesn't come back at end step. It just comes back now. Yeah, so they all have to attack you at the same, yeah. But and they're still attacking. They're it, still attacking yeah. you, yeah. So, because the revealing, the it's you can instant speed reveal the player you chose. I can reveal that name anytime I want. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, you exile target creature that's attacking you. So you're incentivized to do it during the combat. Um, <laughs> and it says activate this ability only once. So when you flicker it, you're able to do it again. That's the whole point of flickering. Yeah, it. yeah. exactly. So man, this card's kind of sweet with that dead eye. With I mean, like I said, newsflash: dead eye navigator's good. I don't know if that makes this card good. I think this yeah, card's fine. It's fine. It's probably some politically type crap where you like play it and then nobody knows who you chose. I feel like ninety percent when you play it, everyone's gonna know, right? Because there's, there's only gonna be gonna, one deck that's gonna be more. There's only opposed. gonna be one thing out on the table at any given moment that's clearly the most right. scary thing. But if you're smart. 
here's what you do. You don't review, choose that player. Yeah, you choose somebody else because that player is just going to avoid you because yeah. they're going to assume, well, I've got the Ur Dragon out, so he's well, going to have chosen the Ur Dragon, so I right. won't. I'm not going to attack. And now you have protection against two things basically until you have to reveal it. In which case, I mean, now the Ur Dragon player goes, "Oh, you didn't choose me, stupid! I attack you." Yeah. Well, hopefully at that point you've dealt with that. This is, by the way, the third time the word "secretly" has appeared on a card. Menacing Ogre is the only other commander legal card that does it, but that's not even choosing a player. So secretly choosing a player is the first time this has ever happened on the card. Wow. History in the History. making. in the making. All right. All right. Another cool card is a new equipment called the Bloodforged Battle Axe. It's a one-mana equipment. I always like to start there. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus zero. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a token that's a copy of Bloodforged Battle Axe, and you can equip it for two. So you, every time you get in with some damage, create with this a thing token on, you, copy of the of this of the equipment. Yeah, so you get more and more Bloodforged Battle Axes every single time you hit someone with it, which that's is kind of cool because you can really just like it's really good with Balin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, just get them all in at the well, same time. Well, and do the tokens make more to copies? Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't say non non token. Yeah, it's just create a token that's a copy. So of now Battle I Axe. put I have two Bloodforged Battle Axes on Balin. And you swing and you I make swing and I make two more, and the next time I make four more, and then and they're tokens, so if you have uh, you know, token doubling type effects. That's why you put a doubling hand. season in this deck. So you guys Does it work with Hammer of Nizan where it automatically yeah. Whenever an equ another equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you yeah. may attach it so you would get around equip costs. And there are cards that reduce equip costs as well, which we definitely want to play in this deck, but that aren't in it. But yeah, this card's really interesting. It's, I've never seen an equipment that has sentient ability to keep duplicating itself. Maybe it's, it's not cool. sentient, but hey. I don't know if it's good, but it's cool. All right, let's talk about the worst cards, all of them. Just kidding. So we've mentioned these before. The curses are just... Definitely a weak cycle for multiplayer commander. They are a lot of fun, but the power level varies a lot between them. Yeah, especially since I think one of these is the absolute worst, worst curse. So, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely one. Uh, so there's Curse of Vitality and Curse of Bounty. Curse of Vitality is two and a white to you, an enchanted player. Whenever enchanted player is attacked, you gain two life, and each opponent attacking that player does the same. That's horrible. Gaining two life is just not a big enough incentive to matter that often. So I don't even – and it's two and a white. Why is this not just, like, one white? At least if you're going to make it not yeah. powerful, make it cheap CMC-wise. Especially because the red one, arguably more powerful, just costs one red. Yeah, and it makes gold. And that's something that, like, players will actually want. If yeah. I'm early in the game and I'm at 40 life, I don't care about two life unless I'm a life gain deck. I just don't like that card. Again, a life gain deck, gain deck might want it, but those decks are often not attacking. So then even then. And then Curse of Bounty is the green one. One in a green enchant player. Whenever enchanted player is attacked, untap all non-land permanents you control. Each opponent attacking that player does the same. So that one's much higher on the power level. Yeah. But, I mean, but it's so high, I almost don't want to give that to my opponent. Yeah, imagine if you just did it against the wrong deck, like a Rishkar deck or any deck that has tappers. Like, oh my gosh, not a good idea. Um, and this deck also, as it is built, has very few ways to actually use that ability. Like, oh, cool, everything untapped. I guess I'll re-equip some stuff yeah that's a really good point like, right if i'm going to use it? a symmetrical effect and we call symmetrical effects anything that sort of affects everybody the same so howling mine is a symmetrical effect yeah then i want my deck to be built in such a way that i'm taking advantage of it because i know i have that symmetrical effect in my deck what does untapping all your stuff do for the cat deck that's better than what it does for your average deck absolutely nothing yeah, those cards are coming out that's, that's not good huh yeah. Another good for absolutely nothing. Like this next card, Wing Shards. 
Sucks. <laughs> dramatic pause for effect. It was good. We don't what? use the dramatic silence that you know that often. No. Yeah, in radio, ever it's since, very powerful. Ever yeah. since the camera started rolling, it's like, are they just taking a break? <laughs> um, wing shards is one white white for an instant. Target player sacrifices an attacking creature, and it has storm, which means you copy it for each spell cast before it this turn. What? Yeah, I I mean like, what? can you storm off on an opponent's? turn or it has to be your own spells but either but way it's a, when it's attacking so it has to be on an opponent's turn right yeah so one white white for target just by itself let's say the player like a smart player just decides to go to combat because they can play their stuff in second fa main phase unless they have something crazy to do main phase one target player sacrifices an attacking creature they get to choose bad it could obviously not be good for you if they attack with multiple creatures they're gonna choose you're gonna get their worst one yeah unless they somehow only attack with one creature which i guess is, if miri's out they can only attack with one right so it's good <laughs> with miri but here's the thing it's like yeah right you could make a justification if you're playing with miri that you might play a wing shards type effect or you could just pay one mana for swords to plowshares it's a really good point <laughs> path to exile yeah yeah so i mean this kind of effect i just i hate i hate when you your opponent gets to choose uh, and in the uh, occasional best case scenario where they attack with their one sagarda and they have to sacrifice it but they can't by the way and that's because it's sagarda sorry if they attack with one creature of and all the it, creatures in magic i know i chose sagarda <laughs> Probably because I've always in my head been like, the yeah. only way I can kill Sigarda is by making them sacrifice it. No, I can't. Crap! <laughs> um, yeah, this card is not that good. Um, and I think, it, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it's just bad. This is bad. Yeah. There's too many other options there. So much like, yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one on the worst cards list is Grappling Hook. It's four mana for an artifact equipment. Costs 40 equip. Equipped creature has double strike. And whenever equipped creature attacks, you may have target creature block it this turn available. So you kind of force a block. Cost for the cast, oh God, cost so for the equip. Yeah. Now, if you're playing the design deck, it's a lot better. But, I mean, like, the double strike is cool, right? And you can instantly kill a creature if it's able to block. You need eight mana to do that, though. Yeah. I had this card in my hand in Game Nights, and I was really looking forward to playing it because I was like, oh, finally, there's a way for, to get rid of the Ur Dragon and make it block. Uh, I think it was Butcher Malakir that you were going to get rid of. Butcher, yeah, something. Either way, I. I just couldn't. You never, never got to that amount of mana. Never got right? to that amount of mana yeah. to do it in the same turn, and that's sort of the effectiveness. I think the best equipment you can play and equip in the same turn, and, and still be able to do other stuff. Yeah. All right. Another crappy card that I actually used to like a lot is one of my first rare. The art's sweet. Yeah, Phantom Neshoba, and this is a the Phantom's line. I guess there's a bunch of Phantom cards from Kamigawa. Yeah, five a green and a white for a zero zero with trample. It's a cat beast spirit. Phantom Neshoba enters the battlefield with 7 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. So it's a 7 mana 7-7. Seven, seven. Whenever Phantom Neshoba deals damage, you gain that much life. Old school lifelink. If damage would be dealt to Phantom Neshoba, prevent that damage, remove a plus 1 plus 1 counter from Phantom Neshoba. So it gets smaller over time and people block it. I just don't like this card because it's 7 mana and the deck is already incredibly man mana hungry as is. Like, you'll notice this is a 7 mana card and Grappling Hook was essentially an 8 mana card. Just not worth it. It's too much mana. And, like, what are you... I mean, the trample is nice. But it's not broken. Like, for seven mana, you can play, like, one side of Tooth and Nail. Yeah. Or Avenger of Zendikar, one of the greatest green creatures ever printed. <laughs> Which would not be good in this deck, by the way. But, yeah, you could, like, you could do a lot of better things with seven mana other than playing a seven-seven that's that's got plus and plus encounters on it. Seven mana spells are, like, game-winning type of spells at that amount of mana. Like, yeah. Or they're huge type of effects. Like, that is not a huge effect. Yeah. Yeah. However, there are some notable reprints in this deck, and I think you were saying this. This could be the most value-based deck in terms of the highest 
price point for the reprints. Yeah, we didn't break down the decks, uh, and it might not be the highest because a lot of times what happens is one of the other decks, like all the cards are worth like $2. Like the Dragon deck could very easily be sort of the most expensive deck. At the time we're recording this, not everything's spoiled, so you know the normal places can't do their full value breakdown. But I think that the Cat deck has this sort of highest top end mm -hmm. as far as like it has three or four cards that are sort of at the high number of value. Um, I think the most... I could be wrong again. I'm sorry if I am, but it's it's among the most uh, expensive reprints in the set is Mirari's Wake. Mirari's Wake for show. So right now, Mirari's Wake is an over a ten dollar card, I yeah. think, and uh, it won't be. Uh, in, you know, once these is this is all known mm -hmm. because the price will drop, but a it'll climb bit. back up. It's one of those cards that's just going to see a lot of play. So I, I think even if you don't buy these decks, which you should, but if you don't. Um, Marari's Wake, if you ever want it, it's going to be a good time to pick it up maybe like the week these come out or the week after they come out. Yeah. Um, it's a cheap mana doubler, yeah. and it's one-sided. So it's a three, a green, and a white. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So it's an anthem. And also, whenever you tap a land for mana, you add one mana to your mana pool for an, of any type that land produced. So you get 2x on all your lands for five mana, and it anthems your creatures. It's just so, so, so good. I even play good. it in some decks that don't even have very many creatures because the doubling mana is sort of worth yeah, it. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> we were talking about Zendikar Resurgent, yep. and that card's great because it doubles mana and draws you cards, but that costs seven mana to yep, get out. Exactly. Oftentimes, when you see a Mirari's Wake out on, like, turn four or five, it's going to be lights out for everyone if you're not careful. Because yeah, because you kind of get two turns your next turn because yeah. you get twice the amount of mana. Um, it's definitely one of the best cards in the deck, too, especially with what the deck's trying to do. And there's two others. I don't think we have to read them necessarily, but just so you know, there's some value there. There's Raksha Golden Cub, which was surprisingly expensive, uh, and then Leon and Shikari, which I think Leon and Shikari is expensive because it's played in some other formats. But yeah, both, well, both of these have, have value. Yeah, and they're great. Leon and Shikari, we should note, it's you can equip at instant speed with this card. It kind of so. does hammer of Nazan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a lot. A That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a very You have to pay the equip cost effect. still. But yeah. yeah. But instant speed, drop. pretty yeah. good. Um, I will also say that uh, Lightning Greaves is in the deck, and that card is, for some reason, pretty expensive, even though that's been reprinted a bunch of times. Because it goes it, in, like, you know, 70% of, of all commander decks or yeah. something. Like, it's yep. crazy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. So the value on this deck, I think, is, is pretty good. Um, all right. So we've taken a good broad look at all the stuff, the best stuff, the worst stuff. Um, you kind of talked about this earlier, but, you know, here we go. We're going to do, like, add 10 or 12 cards, take away 10 or 12 cards as a quick upgrade to the deck. But when you started this process, like, what are you thinking? Oh, I need this. I need to get rid of this. Like, You just need more mana in this deck. And I, I felt that really hard when I was playing Game Nights. Um, but the deck itself doesn't have that many bad cards outside of, like, the three that we mentioned. There's or four or five that we mentioned, they're just like, the, the deck works, mm -hmm. right? It's it's a very straightforward design. It's very linear. Play creatures, have some cool effects with your equip abilities, and then just smash people's faces in. Um, if you have Arabella as your commander, then obviously you're getting in for a ton of damage every single time, and you're just trying to race people down. But that works really well 1v1. It's not so good multiplayer. So did you sort of go through these upgrade recommendations thinking as if, Nazan was going to be the commander, or were you sticking yeah. with Arabo? I'm sticking with Nazan just because of the card advantage that you're getting from it, and already you want to cheat mana costs as much as possible in this deck, and so a lot of the cards I put in here that I want to add are the ones that like affect how easy it is to equip stuff or if they cost less. I actually went and looked at Wes's uh, SRAM deck, deck list yeah. to see, because he, he built one for Game Nights that was very equipment-focused, and a lot of those equipment were like, sweet, this is definitely what I want to be doing. Cool. Okay. Well, let's. We're gonna move into the section where we're adding cards. So let's talk about some cards to add. 
Your yes. first section is value tutor. Yeah, so Birthing Pod, I think, is a card that you could put in this deck. Um, there are a lot of very powerful creatures in this deck, and being able to Birthing Pod them out is really good, especially if it's like, I don't know, like there are just some cats that got to get out of that bag, and where did we put them? Like being able to grab Miri or something for the win is really important because of the ability to tap creatures down and stuff. Mm -hmm. and, oh, sorry, not have blockers. Um, Sun Titan, I think, is really good in this deck because you can get back a lot of your equipment, especially the three drops. And it's, you want to do that. Sun Titan is just a good card in general. So yeah. that, that's, and then you yeah. can play cards like Fauna Shaman as well. I think being able to find your... So toolbox a little. Yeah, because your your creatures are how you're going to win the game if you're going to play with this strategy. Not the equipment necessarily. It's the effects on the creatures and occasionally the effects on the equipment. So you want to be able to find your creatures. If you're going to play Nizan, would you put like SRAM in the deck? Probably, because Nizan doesn't care so much about cats. If yeah. you're playing with Arabo, then you have to like maintain cat status. Right. Uh, otherwise, your deck's not as effective. <laughs> Um, the second you maintain your cat cred. Yeah, mad cat cred. <laughs> the second section is protection and asceticism. I can't think of a better card for a, a Voltroni deck. Asceticism is a um, an enchantment that gives all of your creatures hexproof, and that is pretty good. It also gives you one and a green to regenerate target creature. Wait a minute, read. It's yeah, it's definitely it's it's old school hexproof. Yeah, creatures you control can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents, your opponents control. control. And so they've, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just want to make sure it wasn't shroud. Yeah, me too. I actually looked at that beforehand. Shroud is the ability you want to stray away from in an equipment Because you can't deck. equip your stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's why Steely Resolve would not be good in this deck. No, uh, and then of course Teferi's Protection, oh, a brand God. new card. It's that funny just, you should say it. Just houses other decks. I man, I feel like Teferi's, <laughs> and I might be. I might be straying into hyperbole here because I'm excited, but I feel I like it's going it to just go into all the decks that have white in it. Why would you not play it? I mean, I'm literally going through in my head all the decks I have that have white, and I'm like, five-color Nurkistar, yeah, should go in there. Definitely um, should, because people always try and stop yeah, your stuff. My rune deck, yep, should go oh, in yeah. there. Um, like, every deck I have that has white, it's like, yeah, it wants Teferi's Protection. Like, that card is going to be the white Cyclonic Rift, I think. Yeah, and it's cheaper. For now, I actually no. I think it's like pre-ordering at an insanely high price. So, wow. uh, makes so sense. It's in the vampire deck. Just FYI. Yeah, Teferi's Protection is just one of the most ridiculous cards I think I've ever seen in my life. It's funny because uh, <laughs> after we record this one, we're going to record the dragon episode. Spoiler alert: Teferi's Protection going to be good in that deck too. <laughs> yeah, Teferi's Protection just a good card. It's just good. What are you supposed to do about it? It's just so good. Okay. I like this next section. More card draw. More card draw. I like that. This is definitely where I uh, looked at Wes's list and went, I'm definitely putting Smuggler's Copter in this deck. Smuggler's Copter. Surprising overperformer. In fact, always overperforming. I'm spoiling it for the eventually when we do another overperformers um, episode. It's definitely going on there. Smuggler's Copter. Every time it hits the battlefield, I'm like, man, that card is good. And it's cheap. Yep. Not hard to kill. Hard to kill. It does damage. Too. Always can find an, somebody to swing at. Yeah. Not to mention if you have abilities like Hammer of Nizan out or other like making equip costs less, then you're you could you can happily strap that copter on with a bunch of swords and have it just swinging through the air. It straps them to its blades. And yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get anywhere near that chopper. Wow. <laughs> Head for the no. It's a literal <laughs> chopper at that point. Head for the chopper. Head for the chopper. Uh, and then Mask of Memory is another good equipment that has card draw. On it now, I think they're so that's an underplayed equipment. Yeah, for sure, and it's actually really good. It's cheap. It's not that hard to cast and equip. Um, and if you're doing the equipment thing, then just go for it. 
play all the good equipments. Play all the good equipments. Um, now, equipment-wise, there are a lot of cards that can make this deck way better. One of them is Oriok Steel Shaper. And he's basically a really buff dude that makes your equip cost cast cost one less. He's like Gideon buff. And it doesn't say to a minimum of one. So if it got, has an equip cost of one, it just goes straight to zero. Zero. Which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> There's also Pure Steel Paladin, which is sort of SRAM number two, right? Yeah. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. And then equipment you control have equipped zero as long as you control three or more artifacts. That's really good. So Metalcraft, yeah, yeah. very, very good yeah. card. And it's just white-white, so it's easy to get out. Um, this is one of those cards I think you you either play early, which is great, or you wait till later in the game, and people are like, oh, there's no way you can equip everything in the same turn, and then you just, bam, drop this guy on the battlefield, and you're off to the races. Um, the next one you have is Oriok Windwalker. So this is three and a white for a flyer, and you can tap it to attach target equipment you control to target creature you control. So it's kind of like the other guy that plays one in the white to equip everything to him. Yeah, it sort but, of slides him at instant speed around. Yeah. Makes I mean, it hard to block, right? If you have two creatures... Makes it impossible yeah. to block, yeah. especially if you have a lot of equipment on the battlefield. And if you attack with two creatures, they have to block all one. You have to split the blocks up, and then well, sometimes they won't be able to block either because they know either one they block, you slide the equipment to that one and eat their creature. So yeah. they just have to let both through. That can yeah. be really annoying. Uh, I want to throw one in the mix here. It's um, Sigarda's Aid, which we mentioned earlier, which allows you to play your equipment at flash speed, basically, and yeah. equip it instant speed, right? Yeah, so whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under control, you may attach it to target creature you control, oh, so it it's very similar to what Hammer of the Zon does, and a little redundancy in that regard it, is That not card's bad. good in equipment deck because it only costs one white mana for an yeah. enchantment, so it's, you just play it on turn one and get the benefit for the rest of the game. And there are a lot of games where enchantments just never go away. Yeah, it's really <laughs> true. Um, More ramp, obviously. Signets, uh, Urza's Incubator, I think should go in every single one of these decks. I mean, in this deck, if you went away from the cats, Urza's Incubator might not be the greatest. You'd have to still stay cat-heavy. Yeah. yeah. But as it stands right now and the cards that we've removed and added, we've only added – we've taken away, like, two or three cats and added a bunch of things. I think, in general, you just want to save mana as much as possible in this deck. And I mean, I can see ramp. all the, the normal land ramp cards uh, – Farseek, uh, Rampant Growth, yeah. Cultivate, Kodama's Reach, that kind of stuff would all be good. Yep. It's, you know, it's green, so you can run all the normal green ramp. And you're in white, so you should probably play some more board wipes, too. Yeah, that's a really good point. Just to have, I think, I just, you want three, and usually you want four or more, but at least three. Two I mean, just, one of the board wipes solo. is the one where every, well, everyone chooses a creature and then you sack the rest, so it's not even that. It's not even a full board wipe. Oh, the, you know? oh, yeah, it's Divine Reckoning. Yeah, Divine Reckoning. So you want to have an actual board wipe in there that's cheap. Yeah, something that you just know gets rid of and stuff. You <laughs> might even want... Yeah, and especially since if you're an equipment deck, you don't care as much about your creatures dying. Mm -hmm. You want to avoid the board wipes that get rid of all non-land permanents or something. Yeah. But you're fine with, like... Because most of the time you'll have one or two creatures. Yep. So, it's you know, because you're an equipment deck, so... Interesting, interesting. We're gonna we have a big list of cards you should take out. Uh, you can check the show notes for those for our recommendations as far as that concerned. We're not gonna read them all or go through yeah. them all, but for the most part, they're mana inefficient cards or just cards that cost a lot. Um, yeah, there's some stuff that we uh, obviously mentioned on the worst cards. We wouldn't call them out and then be like, but but keep it in there. But keep it in there. That yeah, wouldn't yeah, make just, any sense at all. Just because you know. All right, time for two the listeners. What do you think about the cat deck? What cards are you excited to build around? Mm. What do you think should come in? What do you think you would take out? always interesting here and also every time that you leave a comment on the uh, youtube page you're basically leaving that information for other players to be able to check out and find out when they're building their version of the deck so that's a, a good way we like to use the audience as sort of a brain trust to help everybody huh. out 
that's nice. coming along later. So I do like it when you go and give your recommendations in the comments because, you know, I've learned about a lot of cards just going through the comments and being like, we should have thought of that. Yeah. And then it's something we can call out later if that situation comes up again. So it helps us out, helps everybody out. And call out the person that made the comment. So please leave us your wisdom. Yeah. Every uh, time you leave a comment, a cat gets its wings. A kitten gets its wings. Make sure if you're interested in purchasing any of these decks, you go to cardkingdom.com slash C17. That's a new affiliate link, just so you know, uh, because it's C17 time, Commander 2017. All of these decks are awesome. I don't think any of them are my like overall like huge favorites. Like I would st even though I don't like the cat deck as much as the other ones. It's still pretty sweet, and I there's love, some sweet cards in there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Hammer of Nizan. I think that that with the commander is actually a really interesting deck to build. Um, I don't have a green white deck yet, so who knows? Maybe I'm going to go down that path. I'm buying all of them, but if I had to choose, it's the Wizards deck. Yeah, but if you use the affiliate link, you know you're going to buy them anyway. You can support the show while you do it. We really do appreciate it. Our other sponsor is Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro. They got the play mats. They got the sleeves. They got the deck boxes. Wow. All the stuff wow. that will make you look cool at the table because you'll be like, I'm playing Ur-Dragon. I also have an Ur-Dragon deck box. I got Ur-Dragon sleeves, and I got an Ur-Dragon play mat. I'm awesome. I don't know if I would think you're that awesome. But I would think I'm that awesome. I would That's be really like, all that this kid's dedicated. <laughs> That's a good point, which is awesome. I like dedicated people. Yeah, dedicat-ed. Listen, all you dedicated people out there, you're awesome. You are, you are awesome. All right, let's move on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I got something cool. Jimmy, you got something cool. Check it out. Oh, you got to look in these. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's do uh -huh. the close-up thing here. Here, I'll, I'll sort of half stand. Well, the cool thing about the shirts, actually. Okay, wait. I'm For not the, taking my shirt off. I'm just showing you the logo, I swear. <laughs> For the people uh, in the car just listening, well, this, this end step is not going to be for you because wow, you can't see anything. Wow, but wow, you wow, should wow, know. Wow, 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 wow. We have new merchandise coming out soon. We got our samples for some Game Nights t-shirts. And the t-shirts have the Game Nights logo. <laughs> on the front. <laughs> I just, I just On the front. And they also have something on the back. So. Oh, I'm turning. Okay. Can you see it? Uh, yep, yeah, you can see it. Yeah, so it see. has Game Nights. Here, let me straighten it. There we go. It has Game Nights in text on the back. It's nice. Um, it's sort of a nice, like, splattered paint design that we did. It's a textured red. The shirt is black. Josh is giving me too much credit. He designed all of this. Well, we had someone design the logo, but yeah, then Josh put the shirt together. I sort of, well, what I did is I did a crappy version of it, and then I sent it back to the guy that designed the logo and said, hey, can you do this good? <laughs> and he did. That's what a director does, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the exciting end step. You are very soon going to be able to purchase Game Night's T-shirts this is our second piece of merchandise ever. Mm -hmm. Patrons um, yeah, at the, the patrons required level. Yeah. yeah, you will get it for free. So we're going to go through that whole process soon. Now, it's not ready quite yet. We have a few little tweaks and changes because we never, ever get anything and go, yeah, that's good as it is. We always are <laughs> like, ah, I wish it was like this. I wish it was like that. But once we get it perfect, then these are going to be out there. They're going to be for sale, and uh, we think you're going to want them. So keep your eye out on that. If you don't follow us on Twitter right now at CommandCast, that's going to be a really good place to find out when they're available and where you can get them. So Heck yeah. Yeah, that was sort of inside the world of magic. I'm, I apologize for that, but yeah. the shirts are cool. I'm excited. Yeah, it was cool, though. It was cool. You know what else is cool? Oh, no. <laughs> the Masters of Modern Podcast, our sister podcast, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. They, those guys are really cool. They know their stuff. If you go to Twitter, at the MMCast, you can follow them, and you can also find their show right next to us. If you go to collected.company, which is our magic bra, hub. Bra, bra. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Woo, Terry. 
Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for doing the Living Card animations. You can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. Make sure you go to YouTube.com slash The Command Zone Podcast if you want to watch the video versions of the show. Hey, hey. I also want to give a, a quick shout out to Jeffrey because he did recently a whole bunch of sort of overhauls of our graphics. Oh, for game nights. For game and, nights. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't seen the latest game nights, you'll probably notice there's some added effects for a lot of the animations. A lot of that is from Jeffrey and he's continuing to work with us because what's our uh, philosophy? Continued improvement and evolution. So thank you, Jeffrey, for helping us to continue to improve and evolve. And thank you, audience, for also helping us continue improve by leaving your comments in the comment section below about how we can improve. All right, everybody. <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening and watching. And we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.